The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover with Sam Franco and Chris Brave. Crossover, step back! Right here on 960theref.com. What's up, everybody out there? Sam Franco, Chris Brain with you. It is another edition of the Crossover Podcast right here on 960theref.com. And it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, I'm talking about Thanksgiving week, an often overlooked holiday because after Halloween rolls around, everybody's already jumping onto Christmas. But can we please give Thanksgiving just a little bit of respect? I like Thanksgiving more than Christmas. It's a much better sports holiday. Absolutely, because all you've really got on Christmas Day is the NBA. Although this year, Christmas Day falls on a Sunday, or actually a Monday, excuse me. Uh, so uh, Christmas Eve will be on a Sunday. So you'll get some good, uh, I guess, Christmas Eve football. But yeah, Christmas Day, I guess, I don't know if they still have Monday Night Football rocking on Christmas Day or not. Yeah, that's a good, there was, I mean, there was a couple NFL games last year on Christmas okay. that fell, I guess. Because it was on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, so you're totally right, though. Thanksgiving... A much better sports holiday, unless you really like the NBA. And I like the NBA, and they usually have some pretty marquee matchups. But you're just not ready to make that transition from football yet. I can't the the NBA get to me in April. I mean, it's like, I, like the Celtics right now are on this winning streak, yeah, they're playing well. And I'm like, well, you know, kind of like the same winning streak the Hawks were on about uh, two years ago. Right. And um, how'd that work out for the Hawks? Yeah, I mean, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Congratulations. And then you know who swept them. So. That's right. So, uh, we'll, uh, once we get to the end of the show today, we will get to uh, some Thanksgiving power rankings in terms of the food items. I know that okay. it's a very polarizing holiday in terms of uh, what food's on your table. A lot of people like to pick and choose. I'm equal opportunity. Like people are like turkey or ham. I'm like, well, why are, why are you making me choose? Yeah, they're both good. I have the option exactly. But <clears throat> we'll get to that later on in the show. Uh, we'll also talk some Falcons as uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. They got a big win on Monday Night Football uh, up in Seattle uh, against the Seahawks. And uh, Blair Walsh uh, gives us another thing to talk about as he's had a very interesting season uh, with the Seahawks. So we'll get to that. But first, it is clean, old fashioned hate week. Uh, the week that your normal co-host in the afternoons on 960 The Ref likes to say uh, Georgia has to win that game before he can put up his Christmas tree. Georgia and Tech will play Saturday at noon over on the flats. And, uh, you know, it was great getting the win Georgia did over Kentucky so that we could turn our attentions to this game because it's all that is left standing between, you know, the dogs and a trip to the SEC title game. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of talk about this game from, you know, the motivation from Tech's point of view, that they're, they've got five wins, so they needed to, to maybe become bowl eligible. I guess they, you know, there's so many bowls now, they could maybe still get uh, invited to one because they did have that one game that was canceled. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Georgia's got to be highly motivated in this game, too, for, a, a, I mean, several reasons. I'll go, one is to potentially keep Tech home for the holidays. Two is to get revenge on them because they beat Georgia here last year. And three is Georgia needs to win it if it wants to maintain its playoff hopes. Because uh, if dogs if the dogs don't win Saturday, then that's that's it's over. They're not going to make the playoff. Absolutely. But before we fully dive into hate week here with clean old-fashioned hate, I wanted to talk about Georgia's performance against Kentucky. It was senior day at Sanford Stadium. What a great way to send out Georgia's seniors, uh, Nick Chubb and Sonia Michelle in particular, both of them having uh, 
long uh, long runs that they uh, kind of got to the second level and just left a, a host of defenders in their wake. I mean, those guys are incredible. Nick Chubb for his last play at San, in Sanford Stadium to be a 55-yard touchdown run is very fitting. Yeah, and to uh, to have his final home game go out as the SEC's Offensive Player of the Week, that game was probably a little bit uh, nervier in some spots than a lot of Georgia's other blowouts. It started off slowly. Yeah, than they've had this season. There were, you know, Georgia took a, it seemed like it took a, a possession or two to finally start establishing that run. Georgia's offensive line wasn't. Um, you know, really having its way with Kentucky's defensive front. But, you know, in the end, it was the, the final score looks like every other final score Georgia's had this year, 42-13. to 13. But I do have to admit, I mean, going into the locker room, I wasn't ready to declare the game over. <laughs> and there were a few spots early in that game where, you know, the, the nerves were definitely out. I thought a huge swing was when they roughed the punter. Oh, absolutely. They were about to get the ball back with the lead. And Georgia's offense was still at a point there where, you know, we were we – were, you know, kind of having a hard time finding our way. And that was one that had a lot of Georgia fans, if not all Georgia fans, holding their breath a little bit because Cameron Nizalek has been a godsend uh, in the special teams department in the punting game this season. I mean, it's night and day compared to what Georgia was getting from the position last year to what they've gotten this year. And, you know, he went out injured and he comes back, and his first punt after he comes back from, from his little injury delay there was a 51-yard punt, so uh, you can just tell how good this kid is. Yeah, I know Kevin Butler said after the game that he does have a pretty gruesome like uh, cleat mark on his leg, mm-hmm. but like you said, he, he did bomb a 50-something yarder, so it doesn't look like he was in feeling the ill effects of it uh, too much. Now, Georgia hopefully won't need him this week. You know, Duke only punted once against Tech last Saturday. <laughs> 43-20. to 20. So, they, I mean, Duke scored on every possession except one when they punted, and then I don't even count the one at the end of the game when they're just basically uh, trying to run out the uh, clock. So, yeah, David I mean, Cutcliffe was trying to audition for Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, if Duke <laughs> can score on every single possession, then I don't see why Georgia can't. But, um, you know, Nizalek's a weapon that you definitely want to have um, – you know, fully charged for that SEC championship game. Yeah, and a, a lot of people kind of, when that game was announced, uh, for for the Tech game coming up, when it was announced as a noon kickoff, you know, a lot of people were happy about it because then you get to go watch the rest of the games, including the Iron Bowl at 3.30. <clears throat> but a lot of people were kind of upset because, you know, it seems like Georgia and Tech play at noon almost every year now. Yeah, well, when I saw the when I saw that Stanford and Notre Dame were also lined up for a, a TBA. They were like 3.30 or 8, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, Georgia and Georgia Tech's not going to be on primetime if they can show Notre Dame in primetime. Oh, right. So. I mean, oh, I, I, pretty, I pretty much last week when it was still dangling out there as noon or 8, it reached the conclusion we were kicking off at noon. So. Yeah, and, and, you know, if Tech had beaten Duke, maybe it would have been a little different. But especially once that score came in, that kind of doomed it uh, to being a noon kickoff. But hopefully Georgia goes over there and just kind of takes care of business and doesn't leave anything to uh, to, to chance. It's a Georgia Tech team that's had their ups. They've got some good wins this season, but <clears throat> they also lost to Virginia and lost to Duke. So, like you said, Georgia should be able to go over there and handle their business pretty easily. Uh, back to the Kentucky game, though, things that you saw. One thing I saw in this game that – and I just wanted to bring it up to talk about it briefly, was the DeAndre Walker uh, German suplex, you know, attempted uh, mauling of Steven Johnson. And it's so funny because Georgia often does not get the benefit of the doubt in those scenarios. You see, you know, penalties for targeting, things like that. I don't know how that didn't get a flag. 
I mean, the ball Johnson had already fumbled the ball. Well, yeah, I mean, Georgia's having the type of season right now where the you know the officials maybe are going to give them the benefit of the doubt now because the <laughs> SEC the SEC needs Georgia to keep winning. They do, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and they're going to face either the winner of Auburn or Alabama, and it's going to be uh, for the for a, not only the SEC championship but a trip into the uh, playoff too. With and I'm telling you, if Auburn loses the Iron Bowl or Alabama loses the Iron Bowl Saturday. They, they, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, I think they are. <laughs> so it's all, it's so, almost better because they get more time off. Yeah, I mean they can rest a uh, a little bit. So you know when it comes to the possibility of the SEC still getting two teams in, it um, you know the odds would have been much better if the dogs were still undefeated and you know were going to play an unbeaten Alabama team in Atlanta too. Then I think you definitely had the two, but. Um, you know, I think there's still an outside shot with you know Alabama lurking there. If they're only losses at Auburn this year, then they're still going to have a pulse for it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, there's a lot left to unfold here in the college football season. Uh, the ACC's representative will come down to Clemson and Miami. Uh, do you know does, does Clemson possibly slip up against South Carolina? This is a better South Carolina team than they faced over the past few seasons and uh you know this is also a Clemson team that lost to Syracuse so hey <laughs> you yeah. don't want to put anything past them all these teams are going on the road or a lot of them are I mean, Miami's got to go to Pitt Friday mm-hmm. which I think is um going to be interesting I still haven't checked the weather there but I'm going to guess it's going to be kind of Could cold sloppy, and it's yeah. also going to be noon and the day after Thanksgiving and look even you know last week Miami did finally get their act together and pull away but they were down by 14 points two different times against Virginia in that game and that's just an act Miami's been pulling all season long they've been living on the edge and um you know but when they played Virginia Tech and Notre Dame they really did hammer them but I mean we've seen Miami several times this year that leads you to believe I mean they're more than capable of losing that game Friday it seems like they play up or down to their opponent yeah I mean look we 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 were witnesses to it here for uh for many years when coach Rick was on the sidelines now I mean the question for Miami is could they lose that game, win the ACC title game, and still get in? I mean, I, I kind of think they would. would a one-loss so, yeah. ACC champ's probably going to get because, in. I mean, so. Clemson, you can't make the argument that, well, if Clemson wins out, they are going to go to the playoff. I mean, you can't make that argument and say different about Miami. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, yeah. uh, Pitt and Syracuse are basically the same loss, like if you were to lose to Pitt. So. Yeah, so, I mean, in Miami's mind, who knows? I mean, they could be thinking, listen, all right, this is a one-game season now. we got to beat Clemson, and maybe they're going to focus a lot of their attention to figuring out how – uh, to do that next uh, Saturday, and they might uh, you might get a another sleepwalking version of the Canes Friday morning in Pittsburgh. You know what's crazy to me? Miami has been in the ACC. Uh, let's see, when did that move happen? Was that in two thousand? I know what you're going to say. Though. I don't know. I mean, I don't remember the exact year. It was early two thousands. Yeah, um, it wasn't two thousand one. That was too late. Yeah, they um, were still in the Big East. Then. They were in two thousand four when they joined the ACC. This is their first time playing in the ACC title game. It's crazy, Sam. They've won the <laughs> they've won the ACC in basketball. Yeah, but they've never even played in the ACC championship football game. When they joined the ACC, that was a huge. It's like. Oh man, Miami's going to the ACC. This is going to really shake things up. It's going to be Miami, Florida State every year in the ACC title game. Yeah, that didn't happen. And no, Miami, they rigged those divisions to basically right. have that happen. Mm-hmm. Even then, it still it's not going to happen. The first time Miami gets there, they're going to be facing Clemson, right. not uh, yeah. Florida State. Still a, a good matchup, but it's just crazy, man. Since 2004, they have not been to a conference title game. This is a team that used to, it was either them or Virginia Tech, it seemed like every year in the Big East. 
And now uh, Miami finally uh, getting to that ACC title game. I think, wouldn't they have gotten there one year, but they had like the probation or whatever, and so Tech ended up going? Yes, they. I mean, but they were Miami that year had like six wins. I mean, they right. were going to get just clobbered for right. A, so they a could have time by Florida there, right. State. They could have gotten there at one point, but they didn't. Yeah, but they went ahead and banned themselves from the that's postseason. Right. That's that right. Year. Thanks, Nevin Shapiro. Because that was like a year. Like they had played Florida State. During the regular season, I think Florida State beat them like sixty-six nothing or something Oof. ridiculous. So, you know, did they really want to lose for a second time? But yeah, but then Tech ended up substituting and getting in there and actually played a pretty close game against the Seminoles. They did, and then uh, when they lost, they had that thing where they were like, "Hey, you shouldn't count that loss against us. We weren't supposed to be in this game." Yeah, I think <laughs> they still ended up. That's the year they went to the Sun Bowl and beat, and USC. beat USC. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. they, they ended up like. Six and seven, I think. Yeah, but there was a rule back then well, you couldn't be in a bowl game with a 500 or something. Or, or yeah, but I think they record. did wave it for Tech. Well, they did because yeah. Tech was like, well, we weren't supposed to be in the ACC title game and get slaughtered by Florida State. Yeah. But they actually didn't end up getting slaughtered by Florida State, like you said. <clears throat> uh, but you know, also coming up this weekend, you know, it's weird because this used to be a lot even bigger of a weekend than it is. But for some reason, a lot some of the matchups have been moved around. You know, Bedlam used to be this time, and now they've moved it. You've still got good games. Don't get me wrong. You got Iron Bowl, uh, Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State. Although Florida, Florida State, not really that uh, illuminating this year. But clean old fashioned. Hey, there are still a lot of good rivalries, particularly in the Southeast, coming up this week. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, like Clemson, South Carolina, that's a dangerous game for Clemson. We start, Ohio State goes to Michigan. That's another one. I mean, I think the Buckeyes still are alive, too, if they win the the Big Ten. I think Wisconsin better watch out for row the boat. That's another one in the Big Ten. Well, you know, I mean, that is like a weird weird spot for Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. and the game is at Minnesota, because Minnesota's coming off. They got shut out by Northwestern, right? Like Mm 39-0. And Wisconsin's coming off these two, you know, big wins. They beat Iowa and Michigan in back-to-back weeks. That is, with you know, with the Big Ten championship game on deck. Yeah, I absolutely think Wisconsin better be uh, on guard. The Big Ten's been very confusing this year. You know, with Iowa blowing out uh, Ohio State, and then the next week not really getting anything against Wisconsin. I mean, it's been a bizarre uh, run of things in the Big Ten, and they're a conference that they better watch out. You know, if if uh, you know Ohio State loses to Michigan and Wisconsin loses to Minnesota, bye bye playoff. Uh, They're not getting anybody in. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do think if if Ohio State and Wisconsin handle their business this weekend, though, I, the winner I think, of that game's in the playoffs. I think the winner of that game is getting in. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, the, certainly a lot to pay attention to as we uh, would transition then from rivalry weekend to championship weekend. And uh, Georgia already uh, already booked their spot. Still not sure who the opponent's going to be, but from what I've seen so far, I, I, I still think that the matchup favors Georgia better if it's against Alabama than it is Auburn. I think Auburn's going to win the Iron Bowl. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> Feels like one of those type seasons. I just, you know, Al, it's and I know when you you start to to question Alabama, but they are this is as beatable as they've uh, as they've looked, and they probably know they don't need it. Like from what we were talking about earlier. I mean, they, they, they're not programmed to think like that. Nick Saban wouldn't ever let them think like that. But in the back of your mind, it's like, well, if we lose this game, we're probably still going to the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to still put us in. We're Alabama. We've been in every single one of those things. <laughs> but, um, you know, look, I mean, look, when you look at Alabama's body of work so far this uh, season, their best win was last week or two weeks ago now at Mississippi State. And they were on the ropes that entire night. Mississippi State was it just what they were toe to toe with them. 
Uh, and then, so what is their second best win is against LSU. LSU outgained them in that game, and LSU lost at home to Troy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Auburn's best win is throttling Georgia. Mm-hmm. Alabama hadn't come close to, to doing anything like that so far this season. Auburn's at home. They are smoking hot right now, and I kind of, yeah, I'm I'm leaning War Eagle in that game. I think Georgia and Auburn will play again. All right, before we get to the Falcons, real quick, simple yes or no, does Georgia Tech give Georgia problems? No, the Georgia easily handles yeah. the game. I, I, mean, I, I think so too. Yeah, it's just a, it's it, it's hard to reach any other conclusion when you've looked at when you look at Georgia's ten wins this season, or really nine of them. I mean, the the game against Notre Dame was was close that was early in the season though but I mean every other game George has played and uh, won they've just uh, you know dismantled everyone that they've faced and you know the way this team has behaved in these revenge spots from last year against Tennessee against Vanderbilt against Florida already would just lead me to believe that they are they're going to punish Tech on Saturday and look if they don't I'll be surprised if they don't but still win I'll take it but uh, certainly if Georgia somehow goes there and loses, I mean, that might be the worst loss of the history of the program then. Yeah, I, I would uh, agree that it would definitely be one that stings, no yeah. doubt about it. I mean, that's just, it's like either Georgia's going to win or they're going to have the worst loss in the history of the school. Ooh, so, man. I mean, there's, there's really that's, that the, uh, there's no alternative. Wow, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely two uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. All right, we'll jump to the Falcons now who got a big win in Seattle on Monday Night Football, and they looked really good doing it. I, I know Russell Wilson definitely had his moments of where you, you think the guy's down. I mean, you have like three Falcons defenders around him, yet somehow he swirls out of there and uh, just, just makes some guys look foolish. But uh, it was still a pretty good night for the Falcons as they get a uh, defensive touchdown, which is uh, very good to see. Adrian Claiborne continued uh, his good play as he's the guy there who got that uh, defensive touchdown on the uh, scoop and score. But <clears throat> overall, with this Falcons team right now, you just got to keep putting Ws on the board. And with the rest of the schedule having five division games left, <laughs> I mean, it's all out there for them. If they can – you know, the Saints had trouble with Washington this past weekend. The Bucks are a bad team. You get Carolina at home. If the Falcons can win those games, I mean, or at least do a very good job in winning some of those games – then you're going to be right there in the playoff picture with a bunch of other teams. Yeah, I mean, these last two games have been critical for the Falcons to win for potential tiebreakers, although I think Dallas is done, but obviously... Even Green Bay earlier in the season, they have that tiebreaker too, but... Well, Detroit is a big one. Detroit's still right there, and now the Seahawks, Atlanta's got the tiebreaker over them. That's right, they they beat, and I did that in air quotes, Detroit. Yeah, right, (laughs) they did. Hey, that's that's how the standings reflect it. (laughs) Thank goodness the NFL doesn't think a team can run a play in seven seconds, but... um, um, yeah, I mean, so in, in Atlanta's also benefited from some injury luck on the other front the last two weeks. Tyron Smith sitting out for the Cowboys, plus Ezekiel Elliott, who wasn't hurt, but they got them the week that he was finally mm-hmm. suspended. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the three starters down on that Seahawks defense, and Atlanta's offense did look good last night and finally, you know, took advantage of it. So a huge win. But Atlanta's schedule is still brutal because they got the Vikings, two against the Saints, and then one against the Panthers, so that's four teams at all are going to be in. Yeah, that's four teams and five games against teams are going to be in the playoffs. So right now, if you had to say, you know, yes or no, are the Falcons a playoff team? I think right. I think they're right they're now. Teetering. I think if you'd probably say fifty-fifty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the schedule's still rough. Look, if if they split with the Saints, beat the Bucks twice, that's three more wins. That gets them to nine wins. 
That just means they'd have to win one out of the two between the Vikings and the Panthers to get to 10 wins. And if they're able to get to 10 wins, I think that puts them in. I, yeah, 10 and 6 should get them in, owning these tiebreakers too, with the way the, you know, between the Lions and then even the, um, the Seahawks. I mm-hmm. guess what could be interesting for Atlanta is if the Seahawks still ended up winning the West and then the Rams were down there as maybe a wild card. I don't know how a tiebreaker would work right. between those two because yeah, they're not going to play. Played, right, but uh, I think Atlanta, the thing that has really been their – their sort of saving grace or the thing that's carried them the past two games, though, is the defense. I mean, the defense has come and played really well. I know they allowed 31 points last night, but they got an interception. They got the scoop and score touchdown. Unfortunately, special teams didn't really do too well with uh, Andre Roberts and that pooch kick that he uh, fumbled or didn't feel cleanly. And it's funny that they started doing that and kind of popping it up sort of after, uh, you know, Roberts had some both field goal or both a kick returners really looked good in the beginning of the game and it just seemed like the adjustment was made on Seattle's end to do that pop-up kick whereas Atlanta just kind of kept doing what they were doing and they kept getting torched on the kickoff return yeah well I mean thank goodness Pete Carroll decided he didn't want a field goal at the end of the first half that's right that the fake field goal that uh, Grady Jarrett sniffed out yeah but then again I mean maybe with Blair Walsh Blair could have just as easily missed that thing oh man he has had an up and down year that's for sure a career uh, that's true but I'm uh, missing that one uh, I think he said after the game the, the one at the end of the game he was like yeah I focused on kicking it straight rather than driving it and it's like well you should probably focus on both yeah at 52 <laughs> yards you definitely need to drive it but uh you know Matt Bryant uh did his normal uh, normal stuff kicking a couple field goals I guess he only really had the one field goal um <clears throat> no no he had two he had one at the end of the first half but still I, I think overall Atlanta looked really good last night they need to continue to keep playing this way, though. And, and you know, they had some weird kind of offensive line shuffling, I guess. Levitro was out for a little bit. I think he might have been banged up, but he came back in. And the offensive line continued to, to play somewhat consistently. Matt Ryan wasn't, you know, running for his life or anything as much as you would have thought he would be against the Seahawks. So if Atlanta can, like I said, just kind of split the two against the Saints, you've got to beat the Bucks both times. You can't lose one of those games. And then grab one more from either Minnesota or Carolina. You're looking pretty good. Yeah, so. but you got to—I mean, you got to hold your breath though, because still, I mean, Atlanta is from what we've seen this season. Atlanta is totally capable of losing this Sunday to Tampa Bay. Oh, absolutely, so. <laughs> absolutely, uh, no question about that. In terms of the running game, without Devontae Freeman, still not really a whole lot. I mean, Tevin Coleman did get a rushing touchdown, but he had 20 carries for only 43 yards. And I've said this before; I'll say it again. He falls down more than any running back. He, he, he just keeps doing it, whether it's slightly getting contacted or slipping. He just he, he falls down, and I mean that it's happened. Career to, preservation, I guess so. But it happened like five or six times that I counted last night, and it's happened a bunch throughout the season. He's got to get better at that. Devontae Freeman looks for contact, hunts for contact, tries to bowl people yeah, over. Yeah, well, what's it got him? Concussed. Well, it's got him a concussion. Yeah, Tevin yeah. Coleman's, wait, wait, wait. I need to get paid like that, too. I don't need to get hurt. <laughs> well, he's certainly uh, done a good job, then, of uh, preserving his career as he continues to fall down. But the Falcons didn't really need the running game last night, the way Ryan was playing, although there wasn't really a whole lot of yardage to be had in general. I mean, the Falcons only threw for 190 yards and only rushed for 89 uh, the Seahawks definitely outgained them yardage-wise. I mean, it was uh, they had 136 on the ground. Russell Wilson with 86 of that. I mean, he was just his normal great self and a 258 through the air. So it was definitely 
not an even game in terms of yardage, but the Falcons kind of absorbed the, the, the blows the Seahawks were giving them and, and really executed that kind of bend-but-don't-break type of, of game. Well, if the first half for Atlanta, what they had like a 30-something-yard drive and then a 50-something-yard drive and then had the defensive touchdown. Yeah, so the they first were... quarter was 52 yards on the Tevin Coleman touchdown and then uh, 35 yards on a Sanu pass. So, yeah, they weren't really dealing yeah, they were with short a, drives. a lot of yard or a lot of uh, you know, field position to go. Yeah. So, uh, again, Atlanta... Thank goodness they got that win because I think last night, probably if they lose that game last night, they're probably done. Yeah, but I mean they've now they've given themselves a chance for yeah. sure. Yeah, and yeah. probably even more than a chance. Like you said, I'd say it's fifty fifty right now if they're in the playoffs. If they uh, if they win next weekend against Tampa, you know, just kind of week by week, you'll count it down to see whether uh, it goes up or down, and in terms of their chances for the playoffs, and they should beat Tampa on Sunday. They hopefully can uh, host the Vikings and get a win there. And then uh, it, I'll say this. If they win the next three and they're all at home against the Bucks, Vikings, and Saints, I think you're feeling pretty good about well, it. Well, I mean, the, the NFC playoffs right now, what would you – you'd have Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Case Keenum, um, and then you'd have Breeze, Breeze, Newton, and Ryan. So you'd have three MVPs against basically three – yeah, two rookies yeah. essentially, and then Keenum's been around for a while. But well, Keenum's been playing very well. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't hate on what the the Vikings have been doing with uh, him under center. But the Falcons have won two two games in a row now. If they win the next three, that would be a five game winning streak. And this season will start to remind you a lot of last season when they kind of caught fire in the right time towards the end of the season. Yeah. But last season, they had those two games against the Rams and Niners. I mean, this year, again, you look at that schedule, you got Vikings division leader, Saints division leader. Um, Panthers right there. And then the Panthers would be, uh, the, the, I guess, the five seed But right hey, now. two games against the Bucks. That's kind of like the Rams and uh, yeah, there you, go, you know, the Bucks. You can mix those in there. Hey, they won last week. They beat the Dolphins. Well, the Falcons can't say that they did that. That's correct. All right, before we get out of here, Thanksgiving. We are going to pay Thanksgiving it's proper due and proper respect as it is a holiday that gets often overlooked. Thanks a lot to the transition from Halloween to Christmas, where as soon as Halloween's over, people start throwing up Christmas decorations. How dare you all besmirch the great holiday that is Thanksgiving? My favorite holiday of the year, mainly because there's not the obligation of gift giving. And look, I, I, I don't mind giving gifts to people. It's just, it's always a competition to see who can give the best gift. You might not say that out loud. Your family might not admit to that. But come on, we're all human beings. You want to be. You want to win. You want to be the one that gives the best gift. So Thanksgiving doesn't have that. It's basically just sit around, eat, watch football, watch the Macy's Parade, do whatever, and hang out with family. Yeah. It's much more... They're much less stressful than Christmas. Don't forget the drinking part. Well, absolutely. That too, but yes. it's, a, it's a great sports holiday. Um, I don't think the the NBA and NHL don't play actually on Thanksgiving Day, but you still the NBA and NHL. Did I say NFL? But anyway, the NFL obviously does. Maybe. So the Egg Bowl is going to be on Thanksgiving. Then Friday, like every major sport, there's college basketball too. In fact, George is going to play on Thanksgiving. So I mean, like every sport is active during Thanksgiving, and you can't say that about uh, Christmas. That's true. So it's a great sports holiday, and you know the other thing about it too, it's how how we can take like some of the healthiest foods on earth, like say sweet potatoes or green beans, uh, green beans, broccoli, sweet potatoes, <laughs> a big one though, and turn it into a dessert. 
You mean when once you put candied pecans and marshmallows on it that it's not like a vegetable anymore? Yeah, no, it's not anymore, but it is Lots delicious. Lots of butter and brown sugar. Yeah, but it is delicious. That's my favorite thing, by the way, Okay, Thanksgiving. Okay. And that's what we're going to dive into right now, kind of like an overrated, underrated, like, like how do you feel about these Thanksgiving dishes? And you start with turkey, and I think we did this on the morning show somewhat recently, and a lot of people were like bashing turkey and be like, no, nah, I'm, I'm all about ham. And I'm like, look, I like both. I mean, if you cook a turkey the right way, I understand turkey can be dry sometimes and things like that. But if you cook a turkey the right way or have, you know, a, a very good restaurant or whatever cook the turkey for you like I'm doing, then uh, you know, it, uh, it, it obviously can be much, much better. So I'm a big fan of turkey and a big fan of ham. I don't see the need to differentiate or, like, choose one over the other. I, turkey over ham for me. Really? I, I don't eat meat anymore, but when I did... I I always thought ham was disgusting. Hmm. So, Interesting. Yeah. All right. So turkey for Brame. Yeah. If, if he had to eat the meat, uh, we got to get another bet with you to where the, uh, the if you lose you'd have to eat that Arby sandwich, the meat mountain. I know. I, we're, well, we always try and find like what is is there a new like disgusting fast food that's been invented? Well, Arby's I don't know apparently that... has like venison sandwiches now, which is like why would you eat deer from a fast from, food I, restaurant? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, just a question. At, le- at least with that though, we actually know what the meat is that's as true. opposed to the. That's the a good point. Stuff. That's yeah. a good point. All right, sorry, um, Arby's. Well, you know, any anybody can can be thrown that way this time of year. Uh, what about uh, what about the uh, the stuffing? Are you are you a stuffing guy? Yes, I like stuffing. Okay, yeah. yeah, and stuffing. I mean, it's just it's basically bread with a bunch of other stuff in it that it makes it delicious. So, Although yeah. I don't like it with like too much other stuff right. in it, but one of those other things uh, that we talked about to where it has a healthy element but then just gets completely bastardized is green bean casserole. See, I don't like that. Like, with it's got mushroom soup. It's like in a that. can. It's like mushroom soup yeah. and like those onions and green beans. I've never liked that. All right, what about uh, you know, mashed potatoes is kind of hard to to say yeah, no to. I mean, that's yeah, that's um, a plus. Sweet potato casserole, you definitely uh, yeah. On board and I with just, that. that that one I love because I mean, sweet potatoes are really like so healthy for you. But then right. you just you figure out a way to like make them again. And, you bastardize them yeah. to the point of they're not a vegetable. And by the way, like I think like a sweet potato is delicious just in its you know natural. Boom, steak. Oh, yeah. You bake then, a sweet potato, put a little butter, brown sugar on it. But you delicious. figure like, well, we got how can we make this taste even better? We'll put marshmallows on it. Yes. And tons of butter yeah. and tons of brown sugar. But yes, I love that. Oh, uh, what about you know what okay, this is the one I hate. And I felt I feel bad saying this because my grandmother, I talked to her earlier today and she said she was making some of this because I don't think she ever remembers that I don't like this. Congealed salad. You know, like where it's like jello with like chunks of like nuts and fruit in it and like marshmallows. Horrible. Disgusting. I, I've never even Try it. It's so bad. Yeah. It's I won't so eat that. Bad. It, like, it just looks gross. Like, how can you take something so awesome like Jello and completely ruin it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it, just Jello on its own would be fine, but then you're like stuffing stuff. Well, actually, you know, Bill Cosby did that with Jello, but that's another story yes. altogether. I'm trying to think of anything else that anything on your Thanksgiving table that I haven't mentioned yet. I mean, there's always like things like broccoli casserole. Uh, rolls, you know, stuff like that. No, I mean, sometimes maybe, like, there's a corn souffle. Oh, yeah, corn souffle is on point. I make dirty rice, which is really good. So, yeah, plenty of good stuff to look forward to for Thanksgiving. And uh, just be sure you've invested yourself in a good pair of sweatpants uh, so that uh, once the uh, the festivities are over, you can plop down on the couch or the recliner or wherever and watch you some football. Although, unfortunately, the best game of the day this year is the first one, Vikings and Lions. Yeah. Because Cowboys-Chargers has no appeal other than the fact that it's a football game 
And then you got Giants in the uh, Washington. Washington football franchise. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, hey, thank you on Thanksgiving for saying it like there that. There you, you go. Know, we've got to pay homage to the Native Americans that taught us so many things when, when uh, our ancestors came over here uh, to, uh, to escape persecution. So uh, thank you so much for listening to this edition of the podcast. We'll be back next week getting you ready for the SEC Championship. It feels good to say that again. First time since 2012. That's absolutely right. So for Chris Bram, I'm Sam Franco. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week right here on 960theref.com with another episode of the Crossover Podcast. You've been listening to The Crossover with Sam Franco and Chris Brain on 960theref.com.